This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help, To reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50 plus and your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. We have an outstanding show planned for you today. First up is Robert Wessel. He's a managing uh, partner and co-founder of a company called Hamilton ETFs. He's here to talk about bank stocks. And Taylor Kristoyak is going to join us. He's from a company called Sebovest. They manage money for First Trust here in Canada. And he's going to talk about a new investment, and it's called Target Outcome Funds. So you're going to want to listen to that too. But first... We have an important luncheon coming up. It's on Wednesday, July 20th. It's at Oasis Convention Center in uh, Mississauga. So it's our first in-person seminar of the year. And we have a guest speaker is Craig Bassinger, a great speaker to start off with. He's a chief strategist at Purpose Investments, and he's a regular on BNN. And he's going to join us on July 20th, and he's going to talk about how we should navigate through this market storm. He's going to talk about how to combat a potential recession we could be in right now, manage your account for higher interest rates and inflation, and how to find the best and safest opportunities with your cash today. So you don't want to miss this special event. There's no cost to attend, and lunch is included. So just call Dominique at 1-866-891-2637 to reserve your seats. Dominique will send you out all the directions and details. one 866 891-2637. You can call now or you can call right after the show. Okay. In Canada and around the world, we rely on bank stocks as a quality investment, gives us excellent dividends, but many of the banks in Canada and around the world are down somewhere around 20% this year so far. So is it time to panic or jump on the opportunity? Well, our next guest, Robert Wessel, who's the managing partner at Hamilton ETFs, is going to join us to help us decide. Stay right there. I'm Richard Infantino and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, thanks for joining us. We're back. I'm Richard Infantino, and this is Primetime Money. And joining us now is Rob Wessel. He's a managing partner and co-founder of Hamilton ETFs, and he's here to talk to us about uh, the Canadian banks. Hey, good morning, Rob. Thanks for uh, joining us here on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Rob, first time on the the show. So tell us a little bit about Hamilton ETFs and uh, what you guys specialize in there. Yeah, so so thank you very much for, for having us on the show, Richard. Um, so my name is Rob Wessel. I'm managing partner of Hamilton ETFs. I have about 27 years of experience in the financial sector. Our firm, Hamilton ETFs, uh, specializes in the global financials, so things like banks, insurance companies, investment banks, and a whole host of other subsectors. Um, we were founded in 2009, so about 13 years ago, uh, and we offer exchange-traded funds in the financial services sector. Okay. Our is about $1.5 billion. Oh, that's great. You know, looking back into, uh, you know, the bank sector in particular, and that's, the, you know, the reason that we wanted you to come on the show with us is that, you know, you look back in 2021 and they had a tremendous year. But then since the beginning of this year, you know, the bank stocks, especially in Canada, have declined quite a bit. And I'm sure that's the same 
around the world. Just kind of uh, give the listeners, um, you know, like a framework of and, and give us some context into what's happening here and why the uh, what's happening for the sector and then the outlook for the next couple of years. Yeah. So thinking back to 2021, so obviously the Canadian banks did very well. The sector bank stocks rose about 40 percent um, as they were recovering and coming out of this um, recession from COVID. Um, coming into this year, <clears throat> it was a bit tricky. They were off to a pretty good start, but the, the market, as everybody knows, started to become much more concerned about the impact on inflation, but more specifically, whether or not central banks around the world would have to raise rates so fast or at a pace and velocity that might disrupt the economy. So what you've seen this year for the Canadian banks, which have fallen about 10%, so that's quite a bit less than the overall market, um, is the market pricing in the chance of a recession or some sort of disruption from uh, rising interest rates. In terms of where the sector is right now, I mean, you know, the Canadian banks have never made more money. Um, they've never had stronger balance sheets. Uh, they have, you know, very strong profitability. This is today and, and in the here and now. Uh, and they're very, very inexpensive. So they're very well positioned to deal with what, you know, what the implications could be of this change in the interest rate environment, which might actually end up being that positive. Now, now, when you look at the overall backdrop, like, and, I, and I work for a bank, um, and, you, and you see the shift of monetary policy to you know rising interest rates. Um, like when you look at the rates itself, so rising interest rates, how does that affect you know bank stocks over the long term? Just rising compared to bank stocks. Yeah. So, so generally speaking, um, just to keep it simple, mm-hmm. banks pay their depositors uh, less or lower interest rates than they charge on loans. So what you make in your deposit is, as everybody knows, very low, and what you pay on your mortgage is quite a bit higher. And the banks, you know, their primary business is that they earn what is called spread income. Okay. If interest rates rise, the amount that they can charge for loans goes up. It's true that they have to pay depositors a bit more as well, but generally speaking, the interest rates go up faster on the loan side than they do on the deposit side. So all things being equal, rising interest rates and or the difference between the short interest rates and long interest rates, what people call the yield curve, if that steepens, that's very positive for bank stocks because net interest income is a very, very important revenue item. Having said that, the key caveat is, which is what the market has been focused on and what we talked about in the last question is, is as long as the pace of interest rate increases is manageable. So what what you're seeing right now is the market kind of trying to sort out the positives of rising interest rates against what could happen to the economy if they have to rise too fast and there might be a recession. But the Canadian banks, as I mentioned earlier, are very, very inexpensive now. They are pricing in some very significant negative outcomes. So even if these outcomes arise, it's possible that they're just less negative than the market's focused on or thinking about and bank stocks rise. So it's right now we are in this period of you know, uncertainty, if you will, but there's no question that the, the, they're very, very cheap right now, and, and the market is not being optimistic in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so on a historical basis, you would say that given today, you know, right now, these prices are historically at a, at a, at a cheaper point. Oh, without question. Okay. So trade at, you know, call it um, at a price-to-earnings multiple of about, of about nine times. Nine times. Uh, give or take. Um, and generally speaking, they would, you know, over time have traded at ten and a half or 
or, you know, 11 or 11 and a half. Yeah. I, you know what? I was, I'll tell you a funny story. When I first started, I remember I was a rookie, you know, many, many years ago, and this older uh, broker would say to me, you know, Rich, it's easy. You buy the bank stocks when they yield 5%, you sell them when they yield 3%. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what his whole thing was about. It was, it was hilarious back then. Yeah, no. That so is, we're near 5% now, exactly right? exactly wrong. Yeah, so if you look at, you know, like a lot of them are yielding, like I think Bank of Nova Scotia is yielding 5% now, isn't it? That's right. Sure. Okay, let's go to, um, like, you, you launched a, a product that was called, um, it's, it is called the Hamilton Enhanced Canadian Bank ETF, and the symbol is HCAL, which is you know, the top performing uh, bank ETF in Canada. Tell us about that, that and um, what, what you do there. Yeah, so, so this is an excellent product. Um, we, we really like it. We think it's very innovative. So essentially what we do is um, we put together a portfolio of Canadian bank stocks. So it's just, it's a portfolio of Canadian banks, but there's just, we just add a very modest amount of cash margin, uh, 25%. Okay. Um, so what that does is it gives the uh, portfolio a higher yield. So, for example, it's HCAL, Hamilton Enhanced Canadian Bank ETF, ticker HCAL. Okay. Yields about 7% right now. Um, oh. And also, as long as you believe, as long as you're a long-term investor and you believe Canadian bank stocks will go up over time, um, it gives you a modest boost to your return. Uh, and that, over time, the compounding of that you know, is highly beneficial. So then the question is, well, what does that do to your volatility? Because, you know, even a modest amount of leverage would add, or a modest amount of leverage would add to your volatility. But in fact, HCAL, its volatility profile, is not meaningfully different than an individual Canadian bank stock. And that might sound counterintuitive, but it really isn't. When you think about it, when you put together a portfolio of bank stocks, that diversification reduces the overall volatility of your of your portfolio. Okay. So we have done that, and then we just add a little bit of, of modest cash margin to it in order to, to enhance returns and dividend yield. And it's just about the same amount that by owning HCAL is more or less the same in terms of risk uh, as owning an individual Canadian bank stock, but with the potential over time of having higher returns and a higher yield. And so the Fund has performed extremely well, um, and it's grown dramatically. Um, it's right. $350 million in, in assets under management, so it's, it is a highly successful ETF. Now, that, that particular pool, just for the listeners, um, a yield, what's the current yield right now, uh, Rob? About 7%. 7%, and it, it, how does it pay that uh, distribution? Oh, so that distribution is paid monthly. Okay. Inside of the, the ETF, you hold all the, all the banks equally, or how, how is that done? Yeah, well, we actually own, um, it actually owns an unlevered um, mean reversion ETF underneath of that. Okay. Um, so we have, it's HCA is that fund, the Hamilton Canadian Mean Reversion Index ETF. Okay. Um, so it actually owns that with just uh, a little bit of cash leverage assigned to it. Oh, that's excellent. So you get yourself a 7% yield. It's not too bad these days. Well, that's awesome, uh Rob, thanks for taking the time to join us here today and bring us up to speed with what's happening with the uh, Canadian banks. I know it's of major interest to most of our listeners. Yeah, no, thank you very much for having us. Okay, great talking to you, and hopefully we can get you on again real soon. Absolutely, thank you again. All right, take care. Okay, that was Robert Wessel. He's a managing partner and co-founder of Hamilton ETFs. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. 
Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Hamilton ETFs. Okay, you want to find a new investment that could be very timely today? Stay right there. Taylor Kristowiak will join us from Denver to talk about target outcome funds. I'm Richard Infantino and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we are back. Um, this is Richard Infantino on Primetime Money, and joining us now is Taylor Kristowiak. He's the Vice President at CBOVEST, and CBOVEST manages money for First Trust here in Canada. Hey, good morning, Taylor. Thanks for uh, joining us here today. And good morning, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's great to have you on the show. And, and um, you know, what do you, what do you see out there in terms of what are the greatest challenges currently facing investors out there today? Well, right now, I think we're seeing a really unprecedented set of circumstances, and we need not look further than what the market has done uh, year-to-date and over the last year, both in the U.S. and Canada and really around the globe. We've been faced with a scenario where both stocks and bonds are declining in tandem, which has made it really challenging to manage assets in the traditional manner that we have become accustomed to. We've had equities that have seen unprecedented volatility, and we've also seen bonds have to contend with an increasingly hawkish monetary policy environment. So the combination of those two forces has really eroded the efficacy of those assets. Yeah, for sure they have. And uh, as an advisor, I can tell you that's exactly the case. So these traditional asset classes, how have they performed in the, in the midst of all these challenges? Uh, candidly, quite poorly. Um, yeah. In the U.S., uh, we've obviously seen a, a great rebound market. And obviously, the uh, S&P 500 and most of our flagship stock indices generally weighted more heavily towards tech and growth stocks. They were very crowded trades leading up to this most recent sell-off. And the S&P, for example, was trading at one of its highest price-to-earnings ratios uh, since the dot-com era. So really stretched from a valuations perspective. Uh, and we've seen a, a pretty significant decline uh, year-to-date that has really eroded uh, any of the gains that we've had for the last year. Uh, similar situation on the bond side, um, particularly on the dynamics that we've seen on bonds. They've had some of the highest duration that they've had throughout their history, and some of the lowest yields, and that's a long way of saying the risk return on bonds in general has been the worst it's ever been. And because of those high durations, it's magnified the impact every single one of these rate hikes has had on the price of those bonds. As we know, the central banks are now trying to get in front of the inflation curve. Uh, for better or for worse, the Federal Reserve is really leading and pulling all of the rest of the world's central banks into these aggressive rate hikes. And as a result, it's really, really had a uh, significantly negative impact on bonds um, as an asset, which is why we've seen, uh, again, traditional asset allocations uh, really fail in this environment. Those bonds have failed to hedge any of that equity volatility. Uh, and it really has undermined the bedrock assumption of your traditional stock and bond asset allocation. Yeah, so now, are there other options available for investors to go to? Yeah, there absolutely are, and that's one of the things that I'd like to talk to you guys about today, because okay. apart from these two traditional vehicles, namely stocks and bonds, there is an emerging class of derivative-based investments, and those that have actually outperformed rather significantly over the course of the last year and year-to-date. Uh, one of the flagship uh, products that we actually have and we sub-advise uh, at CBOVEST and distribute through First Trust in Canada 
is what we call a buffer investment. So uh, we offer buffers on the S&P 500. So what those do is they actually absorb the first 10% of loss over the course of a one-year period, but then also give you access to the upside of the market. So it's not just an insurance policy that sits on the shelf, waits for something to go wrong. It actually does actively participate in the market on the upside. So what this essentially gives you is access to the equity market, but does so by giving you the contractual certainty of protection. It's really taken away the correlation uncertainty between stocks and bonds, which we've seen again through this precipitous decline. They've declined in tandem. Uh, this strategy actually gives you a contractual amount of protection, which is why this particular strategy is actually outperforming uh, everything across the board. It's outperforming uh, stocks, bonds, and 60-40 portfolios, um, and actually giving you what a 60-40 or a traditional asset allocation should have been giving you through this market environment, but has failed to do so. So it really is kind of this new investment vehicle that gives you the benefit of that protection with contractual certainty and really addressing the challenges that both stocks and bonds are facing. So how have they uh, performed relative to the, you know, the general markets? Just well, in this year, know, yeah. to give some numbers here, yeah. so over the course of the last year, uh, the S&P 500, for example, the U.S. flagship stock index, uh, down uh, just about 12%. Uh, our aggregate bonds, U.S. bonds, down 10.5%. And a 60-40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, again, all U.S.-based, down just about 11.5%. By comparison, this 10% buffer strategy down only 4% over the course of that last period. Um, actually, even outperforming um, even the Canadian stock market right now, which has been generally buoyed by its exposure to financials and energy that have been outperforming, but even it has actually underperformed. So by comparison, um, the Canadian index about down about 7%. So again, outperforming um, rather significantly even relative to Canadian stocks and uh, your bonds. Um, given that they have a little bit higher duration than their U.S. equivalent, um, down also 13%. So really kind of using those as some, you know, metrics to measure the relative benefits of this strategy, we can see a pretty significant outperformance um, over the last year and even more so year to date. So, um, you know, just to ground out those same numbers, uh, the S&P down over 20% year to date um, and a 60-40 portfolio down 15. Uh, this is down, down just nine. So we can see handily outperforming both the market and a balanced portfolio. And ultimately, what's great about this strategy is it gives you that low volatility exposure right. to the equity market. Um, but again, it gives you that access um, to the upside if and when we do finally see a rebound in these asset classes. But you won't be bogged down by some of that duration risk that has really been plaguing bonds and fixed income. Uh, we we got about one minute left. Um, like, What's the name of the, the funds here in Canada that you guys manage money for? So these tickers are going to be May B, Aug B, Nov B, and Feb B. Each one of those standing for the respective calendar months of the year. And okay. those are each going to give you exposure to the S&P 500 with a benefit of a 10% buffer over the course of one year. All right, Taylor. Thanks for bringing us up to speed with that. It's very interesting. And hopefully um, we can get you on again real soon and we'll talk a little bit more about the, the buffered investments. Well, Richard, thank you so much for having me, and uh, all the best to you. Thank you. All right, take care.
Okay, that was Taylor Kristoyak, who's the vice president of CBOVEST. They manage money here in Canada for First Trust. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, and their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by First Trust. It's time for the Rapid Fire Round where Richard answers all of your financial questions. Okay, folks, we have time for one question, and it comes from Mike P. of Oakville, who asks, Richard, I'm 69, I want to convert my RSP, and I want to convert my Lira to a riff and a lift. I heard that you can unlock some of the money. Well, the answer is yes. Uh, you can unlock 50% of your Lira as you put it into your lift. So at the time that you're going to convert your Lira to a lift, you have to let CRA know and you have uh, an ability to unlock 50% of it. So when you take that 50% now, you don't get to take it in cash. You have to put it into your RIF account. So say, for example, you have $200,000 in your RSP. That goes into a RIF, and you have 200000 in Lira, and it goes into your LIF. Now, if you take out and you unlock it, you can have a situation where you take the 100000 which is 50% of the 200000 and you can put that into the RIF account, so that's going to give you 300000 and the remainder that's left over in your LIF is going to be 100000 So you have the same 400000 but now you got 300 in the RIF and 100000 in the LIF account. So now you have a choice to make with the LIF. You can choose a minimum or you can choose a maximum. So the minimum amount that you can draw out is 5%. So 5% times that 100000 is $5,000, but you have a maximum amount that you can draw out. That's 8.2%. So that's $8,200. So you could choose both of those. Now, what I recommend to our clients, and again, we specialize in RIFs for the last 30 years, we suggest because that account is locked to take the 8.2% out of that account, which is 8200 and then you can make up the rest with a RIF account where you have $300,000 in there. The, the great thing about this is that, and the reason that you unlock it is because now this RIF account, you're allowed to take more than the minimum, more than a max. You can take as much as you want. You have to pay tax, but you can take as much as you want out of that account, so it gives you outstanding flexibility. So hopefully that answers your question. And if you do that, uh, Mike, I would suggest that you do the unlocking and get it all done when you're ready to uh, draw out the money and then work it backwards in terms of the, taking the max out of the remainder that's left over in the lift and then taking whatever you need out of the RIF account. Okay, that's all the time we have for today. Again, don't forget to take advantage of our free complimentary workshop on July 20th in Mississauga. If you haven't called Dominique as of yet, there's still time to reserve your spot. Call 1-866-891-2637 to get yourself on the list for the seminar. And again, that's July 20th in Mississauga. And those of you out there that have a RIF or a LIF account, it's been a very difficult time because you have an investment where you're drawing money out. And at the same time, the investments that produce that money are going down. But I have a solution for you. It's called the Six Steps to RIF Success. And we're going to talk about it next week here on the show. Okay, remember, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our podcasts are on Apple Music, Prime Music, and Spotify. But we can be linked directly at primetimemoney.ca. See you next week, folks. I'm Richard Infantino, and this is Primetime Money. The strategies and advice during Primetime Money are provided for general guidance. Listeners should consult their own investment advisor when planning to implement a strategy. Interest rates, market conditions, special offers, tax rulings, and other investment factors are subject to change. Richard Infantino is an investment advisor with RBC Dominion Securities, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.